Hello, welcome to the Axiom Principle. This is your host, Dr. G. I intended to have a uh, guest call in to the show, and it looks like I'm able to do that. Uh, but Skype is being a little bit belligerent at this point in time. Uh, yeah, tonight's discussion is about the free speech war. It's a combination of hate speech and free speech. I wanted to get a different perspective. So I reached out to another podcaster, and I'm trying to set it up right now so that everybody can get access to it. Let's see here. Uh, interesting. So it's not allowing me to add people. Good old Skype and good old application for starting the show right off the bat. I wasn't exactly ready to set up yet. But at any rate... As I try to get my guest on the show, um, I thought we'd start off with getting a definition of free speech, of hate speech, and the combination therein. And uh, we could start off with that, see how things go. So, free speech. How is it defined for everybody out there that may be on a college campus right now, perhaps in an office uh, or business, maybe, large corporation? How is it defined in civil society? These are the questions that I'd like to know. And hopefully everybody else will want to know as well. I also promised that I'd start to stream on the on my streaming channel with YouTube. I'm gonna try and set that up as well. So this is a little off the cuff podcast where I tried to start something a little bit different. And uh hopefully everything will work out.
Yeah, this is uh, a difficult technical difficulty. Please bear with me while I get this all set up. Been working on this for like a half hour now, trying to get this all set up. Almost got this set up here. In the meantime, free speech. Free speech is easily defined as anything and everything is allowed to be spoken under the law without repudiation of speaking or vocalizing your mind. This means that you could go out and say um, a gambit of things um, and be as offensive as you want. Um, And the law meaning the government cannot stop you. In some cases, this has been limited and others has not. Uh, for example, some countries and some cities, and uh, by a large majority, crying wolf is not particularly looked up upon. Also, going through... Uh, And yelling fire in a public building. That's also not exactly covered under free speech. You can go and get imprisoned for that. Basically, you're crying wolf. I think I might got my caller in here. Let's see if this is the right person. Hello, is this John? Uh, no, this is not the the one you were uh, waiting on, but I definitely want to oh. weigh in on this topic when you get the chance. All right, I'll I'll put you back on mute and and chime in in a little bit. Trying to get my uh, co-host on here, and it's been this Skype is All being right. difficult. Indeed. All right, so it looks like I actually have the. Live. Uh, maybe it'll look like that when he calls in. All right. In the meantime, um, so the free speech and, and crying wolf, for example, um, false flag of danger, stuff like that. It's civilly, and at least the United States, is not protected under any free speech codes. You can't walk into a building and yell fire without getting some repercussions. And that actually goes civilly with the free speech as well. For example, you you can go online and be an absolute troll, but don't expect to receive respect out of that. Um, This is just getting better and better. So what happens in the troll society, as it were, um, you you go and be an absolute turd face online, and 
what will end up happening is either your your account will get banned, your account will get flagged, um, stuff like that. And so free speech in that realm is actually quite allowed. You can be a complete jerk face. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, just don't expect to be treated as respectful or um, be listened to as an actual person at all. It just doesn't happen. Instead, what you'll end up getting is muted, blocked, maybe kicked off the platform, depending on how far you go. For example, um, Twitter has put in rules into their policy where if you actually you make literal threats to people of antagonization or harassment, this is the rules that they've set up, by the way, that if you go and do this kind of stuff, it, it'll essentially um, ban you or you get blocked for 12 hours or something like that. Repeat offenses, you get deplatformed, you get kicked off. So stuff like that is not exactly protected under free speech either. But then we have an interesting realm Just give me one second here. Trying to get him in here. It's it's being annoying. I have to take a picture. Hopefully that'll make sense. All right. So now there's a real interesting area called hate speech. And depending on where you're from, hate speech are laws that have been put into place to prevent people from insulting or degrading uh, protected classes. Interesting. All right. Let's see if I can't just bring him into the call itself. Why won't it let me add participants? So bizarre. Uh, I've had this work once before, and I didn't have much of an issue with it. Now it's just being a complete pain in the butt. So go figure. All right, so hate speech is the new area of annoyance for many people because it's it's a section where people can claim a minority status or a 
protected class status and say that the speech that's being said is uh, promoting violence toward an individual or class. That's essentially what the hate speech laws claim to be about. Um, But that's not really what they've accomplished. And as we get into this a little bit, and once I bring my guest on, you'll you'll see why. The the hate speech laws in in the United States are non-existent. Let's just put that out there. We're probably the only country that does not have a hate speech law. However, um, government organizations are... Are, are strictly forbidden from doing so. Other organizations like uh, schools, um, they, they can't be public schools or publicly funded, but private schools, for example, um, businesses. Other things like that, they can have hate speech laws, and by that I mean they have specific things that are PC um, oriented. So, for example, one of the first ones that ever came out that I remember is the codes of conduct with regarding uh, uh, what was it? Sexual um, abuse? It wasn't sexual abuse. It was more. What's the term I'm looking for? Is the um, distasteful jokes, water cooler talk, is usually called. And uh, basically anything that was sexually in nature where you're trying to hit on a coworker, in other words, stuff like that was explicitly not allowed with regards to um, office situations. So that stuff would be covered under what would be considered a hate speech code, but not a hate speech law. Um, you could get sued for sexual harassment. That's the term I was looking for. Um, where if you're hitting on a person in the office, you could lose your job. You could possibly um, face a fine. You, there's a variety of different things that could happen. It's usually just like a misdemeanor if somebody tries to take it to court. Um, but essentially, you can't sue the individual that did it. You can only sue the company um, because they created a hostile working environment and that kind of situation uh, doesn't help anyone. Let me try something. I give my host pen. Try to get in. Maybe he can get in that way. That'd be fun. Maybe it'll kick me off. <laughs> Go figure. So, 
uh, things like that, they were meant to promote civility uh, with women entering the working force because uh, we're very tribalistic. We're very kind of carnal animals, as it were. And so this kind of thing wasn't very surprising that they would put something like that into um, office behavior and office situations and call it creating a hostile working environment because all a woman wants to do is go there and get and work. And when a guy sees a girl in there and she happens to be hot, they want to hit on her, right? Hopefully get some some lucky time, as it were, which is not appropriate in a working environment. Because you're there to do a job, not pick up on chicks, essentially. And so that's, I can see why that was cracked down. And that maybe was the beginning of of hate speech code and hate speech laws. You're having the funnest time trying to get him connected. At any rate, the hate speech has evolved since then. It is no longer the same issue that we had. Anyways, um, hate speech has evolved a little bit and seems to be encroaching on um, expressing opinions, and a lot of people have issue with this. They see it as a challenge to individuals' expression. Freedom of speech is is often used as the term that that people argue with. What's come down to though is is more than just expressing opinions. It's it's uh, what we see in in college campuses as as things turn to violence. It's what we see in political discourse where. If somebody doesn't agree with you and it offends them in some way, then they're fully allowed to criticize you and attack you personally. It's evolved because of the Internet, surprisingly. And I'll get to that in a minute. The Internet has given free reign on the the expansion and the communication between not just people, but countries. Take... Uh, Donald Trump's Twitter account, for example. Millions of people follow him, not just crossed in the United States either. This is globally. Twitter is a global platform. It allows us to connect to people all over the place. There are some countries that don't allow it. There are some countries that have locked down and have their own version. But essentially, the... 
the expansion of free speech is encroaching upon people's feelings. And I have a theory about that. I was really hoping to get my uh, my cohort here on, on the phone, but it looks like he's not able to, and I, I'm pretty sure he's frustrated enough not to try anymore, which is fine. I, I think he just closed down, and yeah, he went offline. So um, maybe next time um, I tried to dial him in and do a three-way call on this, but it didn't allow me to for some reason. I'm not sure what the issue is, but maybe next time. It is about 2 o'clock in the morning for him, so I'm not surprised. (laughs) All right, so the invention of hate speech is a interesting little twist on trying to silence people you disagree with. It's defined as speech that attacks a person or group. And it depends on their superficial characteristics. Their race, religion, ethnic origin, stuff like that. So criticism of any kind on the person and what they're about is how hate speech is defined. People have made laws, such as the guy I was trying to get on the phone here a little bit ago uh, with uh, where he's from. They've made laws there where you cannot criticize Islam at all, specifically Islam, which is odd because you can criticize Christianity up one end and down the other. No problems there. But Islam is off. Because of a clever trick that was pulled to connect the two that uh, I find rather ingenious, actually, considering how the West has become a secular society. We've made plenty of laws allowing the free exercise of religion, but it didn't look like that those laws have applied or planned for Oh, looks like my neighbor come home. If you can hear the hog rolling out the back over there. He's got a loud hog. It's pretty awesome. At any rate, um, they didn't account for the secular religions, the ones that come in that have no God, the ones that come in that are based in philosophy, that have no dogma per se, that claim to be scientific yet are not, that are a part of society because they touch into reality but are not actually based in reality. These religions, as secular as they can perceive to be, aren't actually secular at all once you get down to the root of them. And they have discovered the same thing that every other religion has discovered, that in order to control society and gain power over them, you need a way to control what they can and cannot say about your belief. When Judaism and Christianity first came around, they used blasphemy, heresy, as uh, methods to control people's speech. Anybody that spoke ill will of the church was blaspheming against God, for example. Anybody that spoke ill will about God's existence was considered a heretic and 
up until the 18th century was executed. That's just 250 years ago that that happened. The last execution for daring to profane against God. Witch hunts were a common thing for a while. The Salem Witch Trials probably the most um, well-remembered experience, if you want to call it that, where mob rule was rule, and those that were considered witches, because people were ignorant of what witchcraft and science really were, because, you know, witchcraft basically was science at the time. They were burned at the stake. They were murdered and killed because they believed something different than the society in their location did. What we see today is no different. If you denigrate minorities, if you insult uh, gay people or offend them somehow just by stating statistical fact, for example, if you... Uh, ooh, great example happened this week, in fact, when Donald Trump said uh, transgender people will not be allowed to service in the military. Well, a lot of people have went up in arms. I've been reading and seeing a bunch of different commentary on that particular subject, and apparently everybody feels that that's a horrible thing to do. How dare you do that? We already have transgender people in the military as we speak serving with distinction, and all you are is a bigot for saying they can't serve. Never mind that he contacted and consulted the generals and leaders of the military and discussed it with them that they don't fit into the military acumen. And they are, you know, salty old men. That's true. And I actually don't agree with this decision, but it's not because of... Trump or being anti-Trump or whatnot, it's because it doesn't align with science. They have very strict laws when or rules when it comes to joining the military. So profaning that no transgender people cannot join sucks to be you. Everybody took that not as a direct violation, but it's blasphemy. And the reaction is the same as you would have seen for anybody that professed God didn't exist back Two, three hundred years ago. That person would be ostracized, called names, attacked publicly, attacked privately, insulted, you name it. They would they would have issue with what you just said. And of course it explodes into a fireball mess because, well, it's Trump. Anytime he opens his mouth, somebody's gotta hate it, right? But They didn't look at the facts in this situation. It is a fact that gender dysphoria is a mental condition. Not necessarily a disease, but more like a disorder. It used to be uh, gender dysphoria was had a different name. It was gender um, confusion disorder or something like that. And it was a disorder that had high suicide rates, high issues with social interaction, sociability, Um, high levels of depression, high levels of anxiety, and not to mention the the dysphoria that you feel that you're a woman when you're uh, actually biologically a man or vice versa. Those things 
are in your head, and uh, these people that are professing against it say that the mind and the soul are two different things or the same thing. They still believe in a mystical thing that can't prove exists. But even if they went with the neurological pieces of that, you're talking about people that have high rates of suicide, high rates of social anxiety, high rates of depression, all because in their head they think they're a woman, but biologically they're a man or vice versa. In their head they think they're a man. Biologically, they're a woman. In fact, I think I've seen it both ways, but there's a few people that are in the armed forces that are actually female but try to look and behave like men because they feel more masculine. That is gender dysphoria. But it can go so far. It's just like any other uh, mental disorder where it has different levels. Like autism is now a scale, for example. It used to be just different forms of autism. Now they have, they clumped them all together, and now it's kind of a scale of autism. Um, the lower end stuff, not so debilitating to high levels of autism where you pretty much need to be babysat 24-7 because you cannot function properly. Asperger's being an example where you have trouble communicating, you have trouble socially. It it's not really debilitating. You can still learn like everybody else. It's maybe a little bit more difficult. Um, people don't get you. You have a hard time talking to other people, so that that makes life a little bit more difficult. But even in Aspergers, you have a varying degree of capability, and however de- debilitating it is, is all dependent on um, environmental factors. But all of this comes together to say that because Trump said this, it is against their dogma that they have assaulted or feel assaulted by the president on transgender people, and you're disqualifying them and you're removing them or what have you, all because they're different than everyone else. They happen to be having a mental disorder. Well, it just so happens in the military code of conduct that mental disorders, including ones that have a high degree of social issues or um, depression or anxiety or anything like that, would not be able to serve in the military. So if you do a full medical examination, including the psychiatric examination, and pass it, and you happen to be transgender as well, who cares? Go ahead, serve. No one's going to be threatened or have issues by you, right? At the same time, if you've tried to commit suicide twice, all because you're uh, a woman in a man's body, or a man in a woman's body, however you want to see it, um, you won't be able to serve. But that's hate speech, according to these people. He has publicly defamed, and they want an apology. They want him to take it back. They want him to... um, Stick to his word and defend the LGBT community. And by doing this, he hasn't defended them at all. Well, that's the sticky road we we slide down at this point. Now, if we were to look in other countries where they have passed hate speech laws, um, you have some people that have gone to jail because they tried to have a dog, a puppy, 
do things that would upset his girlfriend because he tried to make him do the ugliest thing he could think of, and that was to train his dog to do the Nazi Nazi salute whenever he said Sieg Heil and things like that. That person is facing jail time for training a dog to do a stupid prank. And ironically, even he thought that the things that he was teaching his dog were absolutely abhorrent. They were ugly. And uh, the problem with that is, is honestly, who's he hurting? Everybody got a good laugh out of it that was watching, that followed him, that thought it was funny. Some people probably got offended at the same time. But, But being offended is not painful. It's not like getting a bullet to the head or whipped or anything else of that nature, getting punched in the face. So where's the harm? Well, in the realm of the new politically correct society, Harm has been caused to the LGBT, or uh, excuse me, harm has been caused to those that are Jewish or those that find Nazis offensive, and just the mere act is painful to those and could give them PTSD or something like that. Not to say that anybody, there's very few people alive today that actually have existed inside a Holocaust um Internment camp, out, uh, camp, Auschwitz, for example. They, there may be uh, a few people left that are alive that were in there. Um, they'd be around 70 or 80 at this point. So they're definitely the elderly. But not a 20-year-old brat that thinks that everything is offensive. They have no idea at that point. They just... They know what they've been taught in the textbooks, and the textbooks don't tell the whole story, which is so, so fun. But getting back to the hate speech thing and why I wanted to connect it with some of the things I've said thus far is hate speech is the new blasphemy for the secular religion. The secular religion uses pseudoscience like everything else. It uses um, half-baked claims. It uses... Um, pseudo-intellectualism and just like everything else the the religions have done it lacks mysticism however so it doesn't uh, rely on supernatural forces what it does try to claim is psychological forces which are pretty much the same because your brain can do an awful lot of tricks on you and none of it's real but Sure as hell feels like it's real. And so hate speech is a natural evolution from blasphemy. Blasphemy was an attempt to control the speech that degenerated your belief system. Hate speech is the same thing. If you happen to degenerate or talk down to any of the minority classes that you have determined need your protection, you have now blasphemed against those people. You have committed hate speech and hate crime for the action of speaking out against something. What's interesting, and I'd like to connect this a little bit from the fundamentalist um, view and bring it into the proselytization of the new religion. With hate speech, it was 
always said that if you criticized religion, and if you look on my Twitter feed, for example, just as an easy thing, you will see that the hate speech laws in particular, they uh, come up and they basically attack those that would degenerate anything that they believe in. In the olden days, if you criticized religion, they would attack you personally, saying you're going to hell. They'd use their mysticism, essentially, to attack the person. And this, they use psychology to attack the person. So it's a much smarter way to attack them, but it's lend its hand to hate speech laws is the United States. As I mentioned earlier, we do have codes of conduct in businesses and organizations where certain things can't be said, sexual harassments being one of them. Um, you're not supposed to judge on people's skin, so all racist comments are off the table. Um, religion, you're not supposed to talk about in the office, and politics has been thrown out there too that you shouldn't be talking about that in the office office as well because somebody might get offended and you don't want to create a hostile working environment so just shut up and get to work and in these situations though uh, if they were to go up and combat the organization with hate speech law trying to claim that what they're doing is in violation of their first amendment rights it could be possible that they won depending on what was said getting back to the first thing I talked about with the selling fire in a building, if the person was, you know, hitting on everybody in the office, and the moment he got fired, he tried to sue the uh, company saying they violated its First Amendment rights, the courts would side with the company. And the reason why they'd side with the company is because you were making other coworkers feel uncomfortable. You, you did not have any business there. You did not fit in the culture there. You should just step away. However, if that same person was not hitting on anyone, but is in fact being hit on by somebody superior, and then they get fired, the company would lose out because they are defending somebody that's belittling somebody else. So it's, it's, it's a weird double-edged sword in where you can say what you want, but be aware of the consequences of what you say. So it's not become a clear-cut line of what is and is not allowed, it's more become a gray area of you can say what you want, but just remember there's consequences. And some of those consequences, we don't have any problem throwing up in your face. It's, it's a, that Since that exists in our system, it's been used as an intimidation tactic for many individuals to silence them. It's gone around in a way that is essentially allowing people to exist that claim hate speech has happened to them or hurtful speech or however you want to call it. And then simultaneously try to degenerate or degenerate people for uh, a number of reasons up to and including uh, criticizing Islam. That's probably the biggest one that I find the most intriguing and slightly offensive, actually. But on the pro side, at least, you know, hate speech has its place. You really, 
don't want to treat people with disrespect. You don't want to be calling them slurs or bad names. I mean, it's allowed, but the thing is, what do you gain out of it? Is there really any gain out of just making somebody feel like a complete piece of shit because they happen to be different than you? Uh, honestly, I, I don't see a benefit to it, but it's allowed. You can be a douchebag. It's fine. If, if you're just taking it out on other people, that's cool. Um, nothing really there to stop you, but don't expect people to like you either. We are a social species, and that's the reason why um, we have penalties for being a douchebag. Where I think you cross the line when it comes to hate speech is when you try to degenerate or try to silence an entire group of people by using minority status at the same time. So trying to claim any, any criticism is, is hate speech is, in effect, akin to blasphemy. Any criticism of a very specific thing is hate speech. Uh, you've noticed that Islam and, and Muslims in particular, and and please note that I separated those two on purpose, uh, Muslims have noticed that hate speech laws are a very effective way to manipulate society, Western society in particular, into stopping criticism of Islam. And this is how it's effective. They've associated Islam the religion, the thought, the idea, with Muslims, the people. And then on top of that, they associate Muslims, the people, as in Middle Eastern, and therefore a minority in most Western societies. In Middle East, in, uh, in Africa and other places like that, they're the majority. But if you go to United States, the UK, maybe not so much, uh, Sweden and other places, they're the minority. And because they are the minority, they fall into the categories that hate speech is meant to protect because they're minorities in those countries. Now, this slippery slope where you cannot now criticize Muslims, which is fine, you shouldn't be belittling people based on their beliefs. However, they've spun it and they've taken it very Interestingly, to a next level, they've taken their idea and they've twisted it to say Muslims are Islam, just like Christianity is Christians. They've taken this thought and they've attached it to uh, Muslims are Islam. Islam is a minority and criticism of Islam is therefore racist xenophobic, homophobic at times and whatnot. So they've associated all of these together in a very clever way to basically silence their detractors. They've turned their form of blasphemy into a concerted effort to silence everybody. This uh, evil marriage, as I shall call it, of blasphemy and hate speech is is rather clever because it slips in criticism of religion. Just Islam, though. No other religion qualifies under this because no other religion seems to care. But they've slipped it into where hate speech is 
um, harmful to Muslims. So when you criticize Islam, you're criticizing Muslims and therefore attacking a minority in the West. I should definitely keep qualifying that. And hate speech is attacks on a person or group on the basis of attributes such as race, religion, ethnicity, or sexual sexual orientation, disability, or gender. That's just Wikipedia's definition of it. The American Bar Association, it's a speech that offends, threatens, or insults groups. So hate speech... is kind of coupled with a few other things. But there's one unique thing that I really wanted to call out that I find most intriguing when it comes to everything. Uh, discussing with uh, the guy I was trying to get on his partner um, they have their own podcast it's called the uh, the free thought profit I recommend it they got some very interesting conversations they have over there they try to get some very interesting people on but um, at any rate what you have in the end here is uh, the abuse of what is considered hate speech into criticizing their religion is akin to hate speech and therefore should be uh, denigrated along with everything else. This clever position has put all of us in a vicarious situation. We are not allowed to criticize Islam now because it's hate speech. However, criticism of an idea is not an attack on a person. So we are allowed to criticize Islam because it's not necessarily hate speech. You're not attacking people. You're attacking an idea. And this line in, in particular is one that you'll see a lot of people try to defend vehemently. You'll see uh, the mightiest critics of Islam, including myself, will always say, I'm not criticizing the people. Did I say Muslims? No, I said Islam. The reason why we say that? Because we want to make sure, we want to ensure that people don't try to jump on to that blasphemy law number two of hate speech and try to use that as the sword against us to try and say we're just, a, we're just talking down to a massive minority and therefore need to shut up because we're harming people. No, in particularly, um, this isn't true because Islam is a collection of beliefs held in the Hadiths and the Quran. So these are words that have been said or written. These words are written by a guy 
1,500 years ago, 1,400 years ago, 1,600 years ago, somewhere around there. I think it's 1,700 years ago. It's the year 700, so 1,400 years ago. It's a long-ass time, either way. But uh, the criticism criticism of ideas is not necessarily shelter you from criticism itself. And here's the problem. When we discuss Islam in particular, and I'm going to use them as a prime example because they're the ones that are taking hate speech and trying to say that hate speech criticizes them specifically. So they are a good example of how this works because it also applies to um, LGBT people, and it applies to minorities, it applies to every other protected class that the uh, politically correct society and, and enlarge the illiberal left to the progressives and the social justice, however you want to put them, uh, have been using today. And that is to say that because they, they latch on to hate speech in such a way that makes sense to them because the things that you're criticizing are of value to them. What I mean by this is for a Muslim that is a part of this little clique group where criticizing Islam is akin to hate speech, when actuality is just blasphemy, it's the same wolf and sheepskin. But because they lash onto it, it's because they value Islam. People just are along for the ride and probably have never read the Quran, but still believe that if you criticize the Quran, then the Quran's values are attacked and therefore you're attacking Muslims and blah, blah, blah. And connect the dots. And this is where the dot connects. And I think this is a valid point for them to make. It's just that no one makes it because of the implications this would be to their arguments. And that is to say that their their criticism that they have, the issue that they have, is directly related to their values of an individual. So um, if you're um, a gay black woman, for example, just to get away from religion for, for a moment here, and we look at the gay black woman, she has three separate individual identities of minority status. She's gay, she's black, and she's a woman. Now, the fun part is women aren't necessarily a minority, so that doesn't apply to them. The minority status that they have to go through are their 50% of the population, so that really is an exclusionary position. However, they claim minority status because they don't hold positions of power is how they try to spin it. Um, that's not necessarily true. It's It's smoke and mirrors at that point. The black part depends on where you are. If you're in uh, hotter climates where the black skin was uh, evolved to handle through um, natural evolution, you're more than likely not going to be a minority. You'll be a majority. And then there's the gay piece. And now that is a true minority status because uh, out of all the studies that have been done, only 10% of the entire population, roughly, would be gay. In all mammalian, mammalian species, 10% on average end up being gay. 
that's just the way it, that's just the way it is. That's just nature. For some reason, that's that is what it is. But if you put all these together, it, you create yourself a rarity, and all these values are now somehow special. So if you were to criticize any one of those positions, like they try to make the claim that um, they're being persecuted by police when you know that's not true. So if you address the issue, address the belief, address the idea that they're being targeted by police specifically, they take that as a direct attack on them because of their value system. They're, they find it intrinsically valuable that they are a black person first or second, however they decide to uh, treat their hierarchy of self-belief. And because of that, if you're attacking that one part of their identity, you're attacking a core value. And this is how it turns into hate speech. If you attack the idea, you attack the person. And that's where that line kind of gets blurred. And I have I have deep issues with the claim that attacking values is never is uh, attacking the person individually. And specifically, because no two people's values are exactly the same. They may be closely or similar, but one person may not value what they are as much as the next. Some might not care at all. It all depends on their personal individual experiences and how they classify themselves and how they decide to treat themselves and treat others. There's a variety of factors of why what pushes and drives values in the value system of their own individual experience. But the problem is when you try to use your values into a weaponized method to control other people, it turns into hate speech according to the new terminology in the secular religion. Hate speech, what it wraps up and, and digresses into is a method to silence dissenting opinion. And this is where I'm going to wrap it up. When I say it's a weapon to silence dissenting opinion, what that means is it's the new blasphemy laws to attempt to silence critics of the new religion. Just like every other religion that has existed today um, or has existed in the history of our, of our species, the tenets of that religion were not to be questioned. The gods were not to be questioned. The priests that communicated to the gods were not to be questioned. If you dared question any one of them, you offended the gods and you offended the people and you offended everything else, and it's generally considered to be a very bad thing. This repeated behavior of our own in larger societies it has been repeated throughout history. As far as we can tell, every religion has had a code of conduct where those in charge, those with the power, or those that seek power, will use a tactic to silence dissenting opinion, and that tactic typically runs into intimidation and runs into... Um, a side effect of um, falsified values, 
I guess you could call it. No, they really are values. It's just those values are not based in anything that matters or anything that exists, especially in the religious sense. So you value, for example, another good one is the Mormons that that value their relationship with God. The experience of talking and being with God is the paramount thing that drives the Mormon society. If you tell them that it's not real and that what they experience is basically bullshit, what you'll get is an attack on yourself because you have offended them personally. But really what you're attacking is the claim that they've actually experienced God. What they perceive it as is an attack on their core values system and thus an attack on them. So the slippery slope continues, and it all, because, it all runs down to our own intrinsic values that define who we are. I, I really hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. I know it was a bit rough at the beginning. I had a special guest on, this, uh, and uh, his partner was supposed to be on. It was a last minute, try to set up as well, and I, I was trying to set it up 30 minutes before, but it just would not allow me to dial in and then do a three-way Skype call. So um, what I'll have to do is, is just do a random live stream with them and do another discussion, And but this time what I'll do is I'll put it straight to YouTube. Um, this is because I didn't even stream to YouTube this time around. I was trying to get it to work all in tandem, um, but the software just did not play nice, and I ran out of time to get it set up properly, and I didn't want to waste your guys' time. Also, thank you to the caller that called in. <laughs> even though I thought you were the my partner there trying to call in, I uh, appreciate it. Um, sorry I didn't get to your call to have you weigh in on this situation. Um, I think from where I hit Islam in particular you probably hit the nerve that I was going to talk about so thank you and uh, yeah just remember in the United States we have a very sacred thing that no one else has and that is that hate speech is free speech we are allowed to say whatever the hell we want and offend whoever we want because values are not what runs our society free thought and free expression is So thank you very much for joining.